And that's the reason we go to real food because our bodies know what to do with real food. Unless you're wanting or training for something, then you need to weigh out macros and micros if you're really honing your body for a competition. But what people expect is rules. Yeah. Right? And they expect this to be really strict and that's why they don't want to do it. What you're doing now is you're liberating me. Yeah. Right? And probably everybody else listening to this, like it doesn't have to be torture. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, this is part of a three-part podcast uh, we shot previously. I sit down with a couple of guys I'm really proud. I got a chance to talk to. I learned a lot um, uh, from Jose Moresma and paramedical lieutenant AJ Breen. Both come with extensive um, history and credentials in exercise physiology, nutrition, life coaching, and just overall uh, holistic performance. And we, we cover a range of topics that probably we've never touched on uh, in our organization, but I'm happy that we're finally having these conversations. I got a lot from it, I learned a lot, and I hope uh, the same will be true for you. So sit back and enjoy. I've given you a scenario about, you know, I'm a guy working to 48, I'm starting to have some symptoms, right? I'm tired, I don't have the energy, don't feel like working out, diet's kind of poor, sleep is horrible. Mm -hmm. um, and you said, well, and then and I talked to my buddy AJ and he says, we probably got low T. I go to my doctor, right, tell him I'm, I'm not feeling good, he prescribes me tea, I get on it, but I don't really have the results, right? And I'm trying everything I can, yeah. maybe it's pellets or whatever. Yeah. The first piece you said is get your head right. So I, I gotta go there first. Okay. So let's get to the diet and exercise. At the station this morning, I'm going to have, what am I having for breakfast this morning at the station? 99% of the stations, uh, it's traditional. All right. right? So that? everyone knows, I mean, I shouldn't say everybody. Eggs? If you say traditional here, yeah. eggs, bacon, some sort of pork, uh, <laughs> potatoes. Fried potatoes. Yep. With, uh, that's the only way to eat potatoes. If okay. you're going to eat them, it's fried. Right. Yeah. And it's in the good stuff, vegetable oil. Vegetable oil. You don't, fr you don't fry an avocado oil because no. that burns off too quickly. Right. Uh, and uh, and chili, and that chili Red usually has uh, it's a mix depending on the station. But it's going to be either or, right? Yeah, that's our traditional breakfast. That's traditional. Uh, some kind of tortilla or bread or something like that. Uh, most stations and cheese. All right. Yeah, most stations you gotta like of course. the handful of cheese that has to go over everything. It's delicious. And then a traditional plate, you just <laughs> mix it all Turn together, it all cut it, and you know, absolutely, it's, it's good. In lunch, we're gonna hit somewhere. Probably. If you eat lunch, if we eat lunch, most stations lunch. don't eat lunch. We don't cook it. And no. If you go out and get it, you you may, but yeah. And then for dinner, we'll have whatever. So in all that, it's food, and you, you said it's what you put in your mouth. Yeah. So let's start there. Okay. With diet. Yeah. All kinds of keto, paleo, vegetarian, vegan. What do you do? Haha. <laughs> That's a great. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. It varies from person to person. Yeah, it really does. I, I agree. Um, so I begin like for me when I'm coaching somebody on nutrition or their diet is the first thing is eat real food. That would be level one. Like make sure that you're not eating processed foods. Can you define real food? Like yeah, that? things that rot, things that you know, things yeah. that are fresh. So meat, eggs, one vegetables. Word. Yeah. One word. Yeah. You know, you, there's, you look at the packaging and there's one word. One word. Eggs. Or broccoli. You know. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was reading the label of some fake eggs that, that are made in Canada, and it's got about 15 ingredients yeah. in it, and a lot of them are processed ingredients with some crappy oils and uh, just junk, that, that guar gum, you know, these, yeah, these sure. additives to thicken it up, as opposed to an egg. Right. Like you said, it's yeah. an egg. An egg you can't duplicate. It's nature makes it, and our bodies know what to do with it. And that's the reason we go to real food, because our bodies know what to do with real food. At that point, we could have variations. I mean, you mentioned a lot of styles of eating or right, diets right, right. and so forth. And, you know, things like keto are very popular right now. The reason it's popular is that finally uh, the science side of nutrition has admitted that, hey, we can't keep revving our blood sugar all the time. And for years, we told people off of a false premise that we had the foundation of our diet was going to be grains, right? We we're going to do all these grains because they're inexpensive. They fill you up. And there's a perception of nutritional value there. But it has a high glycemic index. Yeah, but they, they, they're in reality, grains are tough for us to actually digest. Uh, traditional grains were always fermented. Right. So they would they would leave them in water and let them kind of break down so that mm -hmm. all their protective shells were broken down. That's how people used to eat grains. We don't do that anymore. Or sprout, we yeah, have, sprouted. Yeah, we yeah. have sprouted yeah. stuff. We have instant everything. Yeah. Like if you're eating instant oatmeal, it's sugar. It's pure sugar with yeah. very little nutritional value. You don't have a bunch of nutrients in there, vitamins, minerals, you know, all the things that we need, protein, fats. So this whole, you know, people laugh at the whole gluten allergy thing. Yeah. Because um, I think it's a kind of a new. I don't know. It may it may legitimately be, <laughs> and I don't know enough about it to speak on it to to say it is or isn't. But I would say that the fact that it's kind of surfaced over the last two decades. Yes. I think that it's a newer issue because not necessarily because we're eating grains, <clears throat> but because ninety nine percent of our grains are genetically modified yeah. to keep up with production. For the loud, like the large quantity that we need to produce. So you don't think Nailed necessarily it. that we don't digest grains, but the way we genetically with, modify with, everything, I think it's different. Probably I, not. GMO, yeah. So product, we've messed yeah. with the natural environment, right? We messed yeah. with those, and I think that has a lot to do with it because yeah. the ones that are genetically modified, by definition, are going to use pesticides, and we won't name any companies or sure. anything. But that's a combo package that comes together, and so a lot of the belief in the research side because harvard's done a ton of studies and they basically have seen pretty much a hundred percent of people that they test have some sensitivity to gluten what is gluten gluten is protein right but it, it's not an abundance but it's a protein within a lot of grains yeah. and so we've attached to that because there are serious or there are people with serious gluten allergies that we call them celiac disease right. in fact my mother had celiac undiagnosed i'm a hundred percent sure because how do we know? She had a distended belly. She was thin and trim, but she had a distended belly, always had intestinal issues. And what it does is, you know, our intestines have cells that should be real tight. And what happens, our body breaks down the food substances and they get to a small enough particle size that they can kind of go in through the intestinal wall into your bloodstream. You eat things that disrupt it, like sugar. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, it's gluten or processed garbage. It starts to irritate them, and they open up. And now these big chunks, you get leaky gut. Leaky gut, gut yeah. yeah. And you get these big chunks of things inside your bloodstream that your body sees as um, like an dangerous. Antigen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And an so antigen. now you have a response, yeah. an antigen response, an yeah. inflammatory response, because your body's got to get in there and break it down. So now you have systemic inflammation that's going everywhere that your blood flow goes. And tell me how that would manifest. Like, let's say 
day to day. Foggy brain, foggy brain, joints hurt, okay. feeling sluggish, mm-hmm. low energy. Those are things that you're going to see. And like I said, the Harvard studies showed that pretty much everyone has some sensitivity. And the researchers really do think it has to do with the modernizing and industrial crops. And it's different. Uh, I've had the personal experience of going to Europe where they have a lot more laws around the modification of their food and they don't have genetically modified things. And I can eat, you know, nice brown bread with some butter. I don't have any inflammation. Well, and you go to Europe, right? And don't they have the greatest amount of uh, centenarians? Yeah. 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 People who live over 100 years old and they eat grains. Yeah. But they're grown in a very different style. So the regulations are probably more... uh, Yeah more stiff so and they ferment them they like sourdough breads and those kind of those are traditional ways of eating food and they don't seem to bother people right so you guys said real food yeah real food whole food right Mm -hmm. Um, much like jose if i help somebody with a nutritional diet and they're like i want to lose 10 pounds or whatever first of all i tell them well let's not like focus so much on the scale but let's start with eating whole food and so when i write a nutritional plan it's all whole food. Uh, fruits, so I don't have to eat chicken and broccoli every day? No, no. That gets really boring. And you're not going to be very <laughs> yeah. successful with that because eventually you're going to get sick of chicken and broccoli. Yeah, but I mean, when people are trying to get in shape, this is what you typically see, right? It's yeah. the bodybuilder yeah, work. Yeah, it, it, that's it, been it, around it, for it, 20, 30 yeah. years. Probably yeah, people have been doing that thing. It's mm-hmm. the chicken and broccoli, yep. chicken and broccoli. <laughs> so we don't have to eat like that to have a good solid diet? No way. No. Um, so t- what else about diet? Well, am I to avoid dairy? What things should I avoid? Because I don't people, think so. I think people get afraid to diet yeah. because there's a lot of rules and they think there's a lot to know. Yeah. You know, you talk about weighing out your macros, your micros. Is it is it that complicated? I don't think it's that complicated unless you're wanting or training for something. Then you need to weigh out macros and micros if you're really honing your body for a competition. But I don't think, and, and Jose, quick, correct me if, if I'm wrong in, in, in your thought process, but if you're just trying, yes, you want to be within a certain caloric window. I don't think you need to be like, hey, eat whole foods, but eat 5,000 calories. Well, no, because you're still going to put on weight you don't want. We still have to be in a calorie deficit. If you're, if you're looking to, sure. to tone or be healthy, you still have to manage calorie intake. It doesn't matter if it's whole food or not. If you eat too many calories, even healthy food, you're going to add weight. So even if I'm not documenting everything I eat and weighing weighing my food, I have to be conscious of how many calories I'm putting in. Yeah, Yeah. you you can't be – you can't just like say, I'm going to eat healthy. Nonstop. And then, then, you know, be like – one of the hard things is people say, I'm eating healthy, but then you watch them pound fruit, you know, and and I'm going to put my, my driver on blast on my rescue wants to eat healthy, but man, can, he can't stop eating fruit. And I keep telling him like, yeah, five, six bananas. Or- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you, the fruit has fructose, fructose in large amounts. We've shown that fructose in large amounts can be more harmful or, uh, is more harmful to the body's, uh, cardiovascular system than salt. But it's something we don't really talk about. If fructose is really hard for the, the body to break down, and can actually cause arterial and atherosclerosis. And it can cause hypertension, and you're and people are like, "Well, I'm eating fruit, tons of fruit." fruit and, and that's a well, perception, but, right? But that those are things you have to. Everything is good in moderation, right? Almost everything. 
Oh yeah, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> Almost <laughs> everything is good. That's no. I, I, thank you. I'll say yeah, because you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to be like, well, AJ no, said I, things are good in moderation. So uh, I'm going to expand on that yeah. a little, because I think you're you're right on. I'm going to go back to what you said last time we got together is okay. uh, you experimented on yourself. So some of this is being aware of yourself. So where mindfulness comes in that you're yeah. actually listening to your body. Yeah. Um, let me do a quick story that might help contextualize this. I've taught a lot of mindful eating courses for uh, the University of New Mexico uh, Integrative Medical Clinic. Um, I had a woman that came in. And she started the class, and, and one of the first things that I teach people in mindful eating is notice how your body feels after you eat something, right? Notice, be introspective. Notice, notice, does it feel good? Does it feel bad? Do you have distress in your stomach? What is it, you know, does it give you energy? And so she got into this, and she realized that she had this intestinal distress that had been going on for a long time. She ended up realizing that she had a dairy allergy. In her case, she mm. couldn't tolerate dairy. She went to the doctor. They tested her. She has a severe allergy to dairy. She removed it. All of a sudden, that was gone. And she said, I didn't realize that I'd been living with this for years because I kind of ignored it. I yeah. wasn't listening to my body, and I just thought that was normal. Yeah. All of a sudden, we removed this food. I feel great. Relief. Yeah. Yeah. So listening to your body with what you're eating, because some people are going to tolerate dairy a lot better. Some people are going to have more trouble digesting certain meats. Um, you know, that's that's true. Uh, grain may affect yeah. you. I don't know. Right. It's the individual. And yeah. you're saying, I'm eating real food, but I still feel bad. Right. Well, like, start listening. Yeah. <laughs> Listen now, are you, are you more of like an um, intuitive eater where you just eat when you're hungry or do you have yes. programmed? Three times a day, 800 calories a meal or whatever? Yeah, so it's a combo of that um, because we have a sophisticated system, biology, that actually tells you if you're hungry and you need something or if you're satiated. Most people's systems or um, signaling systems are broken because of all of the processed food and the sugar. And so now we're doing this with our blood sugar all day long. And so you spike your blood sugar, your body has a response by trying to lower it. It usually over lowers it because of the response. And then you're hungry again, yeah. right? And then, then you overeat and it's kind of the cycle and you're not listening to the signals. If you're eating real nutritious foods, those signals are a lot more clear. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And so what about, you know, there's these debates, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I didn't have breakfast this morning. The Kellogg's brothers invented that. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. That was a that was just a myth for marketing. Yeah. Now, is it? Could be for some people. You, you might have individuals that wake up and they're like, if I don't have food by eight o'clock, yeah. I'm not functioning correctly. Yeah, I gotta eat. Yeah, and that's I okay. Have to get up and eat. That's your body, but maybe you're done by four or five. You in know? The, yeah, in the evening. Right. And there, and yeah. I, no, I really like that because it's not. And then you know, some people say, well, your largest meal should be lunch, and then a small dinner. Now I'm Does gonna, I, yeah, I'm gonna agree with with that. Eating in the evening for somebody that's not on a on a 48, <laughs> right? Because that's gonna be different. Um, if you eat too much within a couple of hours of going to bed, you're gonna disrupt your sleep because your body's gonna prioritize digestion, over, yeah, over right? Sleep. And so now your body can't do all the things that it needs to do in sleep and you're probably gonna have disrupted sleep. Digesting is one of the most difficult things that your physical body needs to do. All right. Think about it, breaking down food and then rebuilding, using that food for rebuilding your body. Yeah. And that's biologically demanding. 
Yes. So it's nice that if you give your body some time to do that before you go to sleep, and then in sleep it can repair itself and do the cleaning of the brain and all those things that, that we need, the compiling of memories, all that good yeah. stuff. So right. I think not eating in the evening is a great idea. And it ties into that circadian thing that we were talking about. And some of the emerging science and diet is really emphasizing um, eating with the sun, right? So a lot of people are eating more breakfast now. The, so intermittent fasting has, has been a big thing in diet. And yeah. I think that is legit and it's very important conversation we can have maybe about, you know, intermittent fasting. Do you guys intermittent fast at all? I try to go 12 to 14 hours. Yeah. Yeah. In between. Well, in yeah, yeah. And usually it's like, <clears throat> I try. Yeah. Some, and, some and 12 is a good others. number, right? Yeah. So don't eat for at least 12 hours a day. Yeah. That's and a pretty you good do number. All of your eating like in two hours in a window. Like so, yeah. A and window. usually, so a 12 hour into it seems to work. Okay. 10 hours seems to work. Okay. Uh, a lot of the programming says do it in an eight hour window. Right. Um, and you don't even have to do that every day. Uh, what the study shows that if you have like an eight hour window twice a week, that's significantly better for your inflammation, your body mass, all those good things. And tell me the mechanism. Why, why does that work? You know, what? Because when you're not eating, you're uh, allowing your body to be in autophagy, which is uh, the Greek word basically means eat yourself. Catabolism. Yeah, yeah. internal. But what yeah. it's doing is your body's actually cleaning and repairing cells, so pairing them if they're damaged. Uh, or replacing them. I think you. this is where you blew my mind last week yeah. because, uh, you know, g growing up in the weightlifting world and bodybuilding and everything's all about anabolism. And, yeah. uh, and Jose's like, no, if you remain anabolic all the time, your body never has time to clean itself. And I was like, yeah, you just like flipped and my entire here's what, philosophy on its Here's head. what's clear <laughs> is that if you're eating this way consistently, right, consistently yeah. good, yeah. it spares muscle. There are mechanisms your body wants to protect your muscle because yeah. a lot of bodybuilders are very scared. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll tell you, I'm well, losing I'm losing my gains. Yeah. I'm I'll losing my gains. Yeah, yeah. you, yeah. you got to eat big to be big. So here's <laughs> the thing. Um, you know, we have yeah. pre-workout meal, post-workout yeah, meal, yeah. all that stuff. I actually, a lot of the science doesn't validate that. Think about it. As hunter-gatherers, we didn't have food all the time, and you had to have active muscles and a very sharp mind to go get food, yeah. right, to figure it out. Yeah. And what they've discovered is if you eat within that hour after training, you're actually reducing your gains. Because one of the things that happens when you train is your body produces more growth hormone yes. and more testosterone. Well, the second that you eat, guess what? Those start going down very quickly. As opposed to if you let them just keep rising and, it, and they'll rise for about two hours after a training session, you want to allow your body to be flooded with all that growth hormone because that's going to be the trigger to actually build new we tissue and all that stuff. We are turning the wider principles yeah. of bodybuilding upside down. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, and again, it's... Someone, uh, Joe Weider? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah those, are, those are like people who bodybuild and lift don't live don't. by those rules. Oh, yeah. And so to say, well, hold on, don't eat for two hours after you uh, lift is like... That's heresy. Because normally you want to live, you want to throw a protein shake in <laughs> That's what afterwards. they say. Yeah, I still uh, live by so that. So wait an hour. Yeah. Wait, okay. an okay. hour. wait an hour. Let that rise come up because you're blunting some of your benefits. Yeah. And then even the eating before. Now, if you're going to be out on call and you're yeah. in action, I say, yeah, go ahead and eat. I have don't, that. yeah. 
I don't. I cannot eat before workout. And yeah, it'll ruin a workout. It'll ruin a workout for me too, because now your body is fighting. Yeah. Right. It's like, do I digest or do I deal with this other stress that's happening? Well, that's my workout. And that's why everyone's like, I don't understand why I throw up. And I'm like, well, are you eating before I work out or before you work out? And it's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So when your body's in extreme distress, does it want to handle the stress or does it want to digest? If it doesn't want to digest, it'll shunt blood away from your gut. Totally. To, to fix the problem, which I'm like, if you don't have blood blood going to your gut, what do you think it's going to do with everything in there? It's going to bring it right back up. You got a bomb in your stomach yeah, you that's going to blow. You yeah. got to get it out of there because you can't digest it. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah, you don't I'm need a, it. Yeah. You got it yeah. on, on. In fact, what you want to do is you want to force your body to release fat. And that's one of the benefits of exercise, yeah. right, is we want our bodies to release fat when, when we break apart. So the average healthy, normal weight person holds about um, – 100,000 calories in stored body fat. That's like a normal weight person. In all other stored energy that we have in our body and glucose and glycogen and so forth, and we have muscle glycogen, then we have liver glycogen, you've got less than probably seven, 8,000 calories stored, right? So that fat's real important. Yeah. We have a mechanism where we have a demand, uh, we need blood sugar, our body will actually break apart or release triglycerides. Those go to the liver. The liver breaks them up apart into um, fatty acids, right? So just just a, uh, a single fatty acid. But that bonds that hold together triglyceride, they're called glycerol. They bind and create glucose. Yeah. And so our body, through gluconeogenesis, makes its own blood sugar. And we need that if we're chasing a buffalo or whatever or, or you know, going on call. And... Um, I've found by eating this way, I never have energy slumps ever. And I can go 15, 16, even 20 hours where I've been so busy and I still don't get a slump. Even if you're not using caffeine or any kind of stimulant? Yes. It's, I'm, I'm ready to go because my body is flexible. It's called metabolic flexibility. It Did will it, tap into all of its fuel sources as needed. Did it take your body... Like, was there an acclimation yes, period? Yes, two to three weeks is okay. what happened because it was a decade ago that I started this. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest experiences I had is I wouldn't eat breakfast. Okay. So this was new for me. I would have my coffee and so forth, but I wouldn't signal insulin. I wouldn't eat anything that would make my body have to produce extra insulin. So even your coffee is probably black then, yeah? It's black, but I put um, heavy whipping cream in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's rich. Yeah. It tastes good. It's so fatty no that sugar. it doesn't – yeah, you don't really need yeah. – insulin to process it so okay. and and i because i need that i don't put sugar in it that's that's my personal thing but some yeah. people can even afford to put a little sugar in there um or a little honey or whatever okay again you don't have to be you know kind of depriving yourself yeah just don't overdo it but what happened is i would go train at lunch and uh 10 years ago i was doing a lot of deadlifting and kind of crossfit workouts which i really was enjoying at the time and i got dizzy uh, the first times I started doing it. And yeah. that lasted about two weeks. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I remember that first day I went and did that hard workout and I was like, wow, I feel awesome. Yeah. My body had pushed into more flexibility and that's not stopped in a decade. Good. So and I will train, I'll go two hour bike rides with yeah. nothing on my stomach after fasting for 12, 14 hours. And yeah. I will be as energetic is everyone I'm riding with. I have no slumps, no bonks, no nothing. So when would you have your first meal? Um, so typically, so right now what I typically do is my first meal is somewhere around 11 and my last meal is around five. 
So about six hours. That's what I do, and it's pretty easy for me to do it. And you don't eat anything else after 5 o'clock? I don't eat anything else. Cracker, chip? I'm not even hungry. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, not. it's not 100% like oh, that. Okay. Sometimes I'll get hungry. Or something like that. Yeah, and if I do, it's usually like eggs and bacon or something. As I say, if I eat late, I it's try to make fatty, it protein-based. Yeah, protein, yeah. fatty-based. That's what I want because it doesn't require that much yeah. insulin to yeah. process. What about you? When would you take your first meal? The guy, um, I, it depends. Some mornings I wake up and I feel... Like famished. Yeah. It'll be eight o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I need to eat. Do but you then eat? uh some mornings I do, some mornings I don't. Okay. This morning I felt super hungry, so I threw down some egg whites. Yeah. The egg white bites I I had I was right. I my opinion is listen to that signal. Because yeah. your body's trying to tell you something. Maybe you trained really hard. Maybe there are resources that, that you're low on. Yeah. And your body is trying to tell you something yeah. rather than having a structure that sure. you're living by like breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. Which is a fabrication. Listen to your body. And I like that. Can, yeah. can I distill this just a little bit? Mm-hmm. Because we always want to make sure that there's clear takeaways, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we're talking about diet, and what I really, really love what you guys are saying is that this there's not one way, right? Not one way. There, there's there's no prescription. Really, it's about listening yeah. to your body. Yeah. Being flexible. Um, I think we do need to be knowledgeable, right? Um, be aware of how many calories we're putting in. Um, look into intermittent fasting some benefits there's a lot of science but, behind intermittent fasting but, yeah, but we want to be careful now. we're not trying to point people to one specific no, 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 philosophy no. or whatever and intermittent fasting may not be just by itself like you may do intermittent fasting with whole 30 or you may do yeah. intermittent fasting with keto or like that's just an extra tool in the toolbox to it eat is healthy i like that and too. it's significant intermittent fasting so study that was done just a few years ago um and this was all diabetic men and what they had them do is eat in a window. We call it window eating, too. It's one of the ways. It's like, so I'm going to eat within a six-hour period, all my calories for the day. They did not change what they were eating. They were still eating the same garbage. And in, I think it was six weeks. It could have been eight weeks, but I think it was six weeks. It wasn't even quite two months. Um, 100% of the men that were all diabetic had improved A1C and uh, fasting glucose. Just and they all eating. lost body fat That's without just, changing what they ate. They just changed just when they ate. I like that. <laughs> that was it. I like that. All right, so that's, that's the diet piece. Yeah. yeah. What we put in our mouth. Now we got to get on movement. Can I throw one more thing please, in there? Please, please. Yeah. So not only do we want to eat real food, <clears throat> but we want to also then focus on nutritious food, food that's dense So it's not just calories because calories are different. I can show you 500 calories that look like donuts. And I can show you 500 calories that look like some grilled salmon, Mm -hmm. uh, even a couple of potatoes and, you know, an avocado. And they're going to do two different things biologically. Yeah, drastically different. Right? So people, because calories, it's tough. Calories is, I don't think, the best measurement tool for what we put inside our bodies. I really don't. And I'm not a fan. And in 32 years, I've seen, you know, calorie counting. We focused on macros, da, la, 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 la. I'm like, yes, it can be helpful, especially if you're trying to fine tune, like what you were talking about for a performance reason. But it's also cumbersome. If you're running around always, you know, focused on that. It's exhausting. Very few people are going to want to do that. That's what I was getting at. I'll say that. that, It's not fun. Right. People aren't (laughs) going to want to do that. So for the average person, it's maybe not going to get that deep into it. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some you know, things to live by? 
And I think yeah. that's so what we're eat about. nutritiously dense food. Now here's where my biases are going to kick in right now right. because you you brought up vegetarian, you brought up vegans, yeah. you know, and often people that are doing that have two motivations. One is uh, first I want to be healthy. Second, like for vegans, it's like uh, I don't want to be cruel to animals, right? And I, and I get that. I think I respect all that, and I think that's noble, and we should be thoughtful about where we get our food. In fact, that's super important. If you're a mindful eater, know where your food comes from because I don't eat industrial food. I don't eat chickens that have been shoved in little containers. I don't eat cows that are being abused, you know, whatever you want to call it. I eat, I try to eat you know, grass fed. So they're more traditional ranching. I spend a little more because the food quality is better, but I also know that it's, it's better for everything, whether it's the environment and the animal itself. You know, I don't want to eat a stressed out animal. But what if somebody will say that I can't afford to eat like that? Like you can, you can, you can still go get your supermarket meat because it's still going to be nutritiously better. What about that $3 burger at uh, McDonald's? Yeah. So I'd avoid McDonald's because they process more. You got better choices. Freddy's, Carl Jr.'s, they actually use Oh, so meat. you're not saying eliminate burgers? No. Oh, okay. Hell no. Well, you can get a lettuce wrap. I'll, I'll share. Yesterday, my, my wife, daughter, and I went for a bike ride. Freddy's was right around the corner. We're like, you guys want Freddy's? Sure. So we went and got lettuce wrap versions yeah. Yeah. so that we, we got rid of the processed bread, which is junk, and it's full of all kinds of BS. Right. right. And we focused on the meat, which was highly nutritious. And it's very what's called bioavailable. Our bodies will use most of the protein and minerals and vitamins and all those things in there. It makes a difference. Guess we're going for lunch. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the bun is like the worst uh, part of those. The bun burgers. is the worst part. Well, no, I'm just yeah. happy because. High fructose corn syrup. No. It's got GMO grain. Yeah. Well, I'll say, but what people expect is rules. Yeah. Right. And they expect this to be really strict. And that's why they don't want to do it. What you're doing now is you're liberating me. Yeah. Right. And probably everybody else listening to this, like it doesn't have to be torture. Yeah. There's you a can enjoy the food and you can. Yes. You can food should taste good. Yeah. Yeah. Food. We, we have sensors in our body that reward us for eating. So that should tell you something. Food should be pleasurable. We should enjoy it. It's fun to eat good okay, food. So we're going to encourage people to look at this.